This is the 18th season of Bass Talk Live. With your host, Matt Pangrad. BTL is brought to you by Lorance, Bass Cat Boats, AFCO, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, and Pro Guide Batteries. BTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Man, we've had an exciting week in the BTL studios uh, following the Bass Master Open on the Red River. Big shout out to Keith Poche for jumping on for a very candid interview. If you haven't listened to that, uh, goes kind of in depth on how things went down on the Red River this past weekend. And then Hallman in studio yesterday breaking down the action. Uh, short week, real quick turnaround. We've got a hurricane coming up. Uh, through uh, Florida, so I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of BTL listeners in Florida on that coast. I, I kind of grew up going to uh, uh, pass a grill uh, on the Gulf side, kind of right where that I think it's now almost a Category Four uh, is fixing to uh, to hit with the storm surge. So uh, thoughts with uh, all those in Florida that will be affected with that, and then the the flooding afterwards. Um, in, insignificant compared to that or some who knows what it'll do for the open at Hartwell but hopefully uh hopefully it won't will not be as bad as I guess they're currently predicting I just kind of saw it before I came in I had an interesting morning and I don't know if if uh if uh any of you can relate to this but I thought I had plugged my phone in and uh I hadn't and I had low battery because I was playing like angry birds last night before I went to bed and then I woke up <laughs> I see our guest today. We'll bring him in right now. My guest today, Joe Pogger from uh, MLF. We're going to actually uh, go over all of the different schedules, changes, and things going on at MLF for 2023. So uh, Joe always does a really good job uh, of breaking that down and putting it in terms that we can understand. I'll bring it in. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's happening? Have you ever done that where you thought you were being responsible, you set the alarm and then something happens? I've had like my phone like reset over the course of the night where I was like, do you want to make updates? And then yes, and it kills it. I've had, you know, the power go out on all. But I woke up and I usually get up, you know, the show starts at 8.30. My house is about a half hour away. Uh, but I always wake up when it's dark, come in, have about an hour to menu, get my coffee, get things situated. Uh, and I woke up this morning, and it's that awful feeling of it's light outside. It's not supposed to be light outside. And then I hit the uh, I hit the phone, and it doesn't doesn't turn on. I set like three or four different alarms. You ever had that happen to you? Uh, I, I have. I can't recall the last time. It doesn't happen often. But yeah, I feel like we should be knocking on wood. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good news is, yeah, you got to sleep in a little bit. You're here. We're on time. Everything's all good, man. It is. Uh, I've heard some crazy tournament stories of guys who have slept in, you know, past like championship day events, overslept for like the classic leading like two day team tournaments. And one of the guys doesn't show up. Uh, just some crazy stuff in the past. I've always wondered 
uh, like when I've got a good draw, like and I'm fishing all the opens, right? So 220 boats in each one of these events or, or uh, any, and you've got a co-angler. I'm always like, well, what happens if the dude doesn't show up? Like, how do you, like, what do you do? You, you're kind of work for, do you have any idea what like MLF does? Like, let's say your boat seven and they start calling boats and like your co-anglers, like a no answer, no, no show. Like, and you've got a spot that you got to draw one out of 300 boats that you need to get to. What the heck do they do? Sure. Sure. So I have seen that happen a couple of times where guys sleep in. I actually, uh, it kind of happens often. Uh, around daylight savings time in the spring you know right. we usually have a tournament over that weekend and i specifically recall like there was a an event at lake hartwell and we were launching at 7 a.m and and shiniki Pukai was nowhere to be found and, <laughs> and yeah so we were calling him wondering what was going on hoping he was okay and yeah 8 a.m rolls around and he comes rolling in like normal to set the launch wondering where everybody is and we're like, uh, Shin, yeah, everybody launched an hour ago. So, so there was that going on. I've heard of guys oversleeping, but I've, I've, you know, we've always been able to get a hold of them and, and they're there shortly after. Um, so I've seen that once or twice happen too, but nobody has just ever not answered the phone or disappeared on us altogether. So that's, that's the good news. But yeah, daylight savings time is always a ringer for those guys in the spring. And I guess as long as you make it, you're not over, technically oversleeping. I thought Sonic yeah. was going to get me this morning. I stopped for a quick coffee there, and I was like, how long does it take to pour some ice-cold coffee into a cup? Because Black Rifle had the long line. Have you done the yeah. bla- Have you tried the Black Rifle stuff yet? I haven't. No, Dude, I've you need it to. Everywhere. It's, it's yeah, legit. It's not up here in Minnesota yet. I mean, it probably is at certain like specialty retailers and stuff, but I've never seen it in an actual store or anything like that. Uh, speaking of Minnesota, it is now, uh, it is now that time of the year. Obviously oh. I see your, uh, Brian Robison, uh, Jersey behind you. We've had him yeah. on the show a couple times, uh, b- proud, uh, tackle shop owner. Yeah. The tackle trap. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the Vikings this year? Uh, they, they, you know, they snuck past <laughs> the, the lions last week, but two and one, are you, you optimistic this year for your Minnesota Vikings? I, I was, I mean, beating the Packers after week one, I was like, oh gosh, this is our year. Super Bowl. Finally, this is the year. And then, yeah, we uh, kind of had a little hiccup uh, Monday night against Philly and they yeah made us look kind of silly. Uh, and then a close game against the Lions last weekend. But I think the Lions are actually pretty good this year. They've got a little bit of a, a different team. Dan Campbell and that new coaching staff, you know, they kind of got that team turned around. So I think the Lions are pretty good, but the Vikes are pretty good, too. I think uh, we're a playoff team. We're going to be contenders uh, in the north with the Packers. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for a good year. Very nice. Uh, Corey Weaver says, who oversleeps for fishing? I think it's one of those weird deals where <laughs> at when you feel the stress, like you're in the tournament and you feel the stress, you've been getting up for five, six, seven days in a row, maybe got a little bit of sun poisoning in there. Uh, the dude that's staying at the hotel next to you, you know, caught three fish and he's like, Hey, pitcher of margaritas on me tonight. And you end <laughs> out there. Like I think it happens more than you would realize. Like we've had stories of, you know, the guys wake up and go, Oh crap. We've also, I've also heard the, a lot of the stories of the guys, especially the guys who camp who wake up after they've missed the cut, hear the boats taking off and go into an absolute panic and then, you know, realize, Oh I'm not supposed to be fishing today. 
Sure, sure. So, so yeah, I, I don't get to go fishing nearly as much as you would think. So when I'm actually going fishing, I've never overslept ever. Like, like my alarm clock is like, you know, 650, 655, 7. Like, get up. when I'm going fishing, it's like 5.30 a.m. I've got one, and I'm awake at 5.25 looking like, oh, okay, yeah. ready to go. Like, yeah, so when I'm actually on the water, that's sweet. But I don't get to do that a whole heck of a lot. All right, let's get down to uh, business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about, uh, I almost wanted to say, let's get down to brass tacks. Is that right? I'm looking that up. <laughs> Have you ever heard that saying? I think I've heard it before. I've never used that saying, but I've heard it. That sounds like a Mark Jeffries thing. Details of immediate practical importance. Very, <laughs> very applicable in that situation. Sure, so that would have sure. been the correct wordage, but I, I said business, which it sounded more like a song. Let's get down to brass tests. Uh, things that are currently going on, obviously just wrapped up the uh, Toyota Northern Division on uh, the St. Lawrence River. I believe that belonged to Spike Stoker. Yeah, Texas That is guy. one of the top five names uh, in bass fishing. I believe there's a, one of the collegiate anglers, I don't know if he's graduated or not, happy, was named Thor. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, I Remember, believe, from Minnesota. I was it Thor Swanson or something State. like that? Yep. So, yeah. fun fun fact for you. That's my little brother's name. I've got a, a 24-year-old brother, and yeah, his name is Thor. Like birth name? Birth name, yep, yep. We're from and, and you Norway. Got, wait, my, wait a second. Wait Norway, a second. So. How did he get Thor and you got Joe? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I don't know. My parents must have uh, went through a little weird phase in the early 90s. But uh, yeah, my, uh, so yeah, I'm Joe. My sister is Amy, uh, you know, Amelia, also fairly okay. normal name. And then, yeah, Thor came like eight years later. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Spike, Spike Stoker. Uh, I don't know if that's his birth name or not, but he Gosh, gets the job done. Great out there. names in the BFL this year too. Like some of the winners, like Jack Daniel Hoy was one. That oh, I, I remember about. that. There was one. Uh, uh, Tater Reynolds was another one. He won AOI in one of the BFL divisions, and like Tater, some of yeah, Tater Reynolds, and so just some of the names that I see come across my desk and my press releases are pretty good. And Spike was up there this past weekend. Man, I need to. Yeah, we need to go back and do like a top ten names in in bass fishing right now. <laughs> There'd be that sweet. Would, There'd be some good ones. Yeah, I need to go back and do that. Um, but uh, Toyota, uh, Toyota series wise, is it done now? Or are there a couple uh, more? It is uh, regular season. Yes, we've got the championship coming up next month. Pretty much, you know, one month from today. Uh, but so that's kicking off. Uh, but but the regular season wrapped up this past weekend on St. Lawrence. Uh, great Toyota Series set, season, one of the best we've ever had, if not the best we've ever had. Yeah, you guys had uh, almost full fields across divisions. It seems. Do you know any of the numbers, like on the what the average was? But I remember the beginning of the year, you had like three hundred plus boats in some of them. But the participation for the Toyotas really seemed to uh to stay up throughout the entire year what, what i mean do you attribute that to the payback the fisheries that you guys went to it just seems like the toyotas are the absolute bread and butter right now there's a lot of guys that are dropping you know 1500 bucks to fish those things yeah i i i think it was all the above as what you mentioned i mean the payouts are pretty sweet especially if you're running a phoenix boat uh you know we're visiting some 
some world-class fisheries, you know, across the entire country. And so, you know, and with the expansion, you know, into six divisions of it, you know, just a couple of years ago, that really opened up a lot of avenues for guys that can fish close to home and, you know, for fairly low cost, but still some, some really massive payouts. So yeah, it's Toyota series is rolling. And, uh, we kind of mentioned, touched on some of the changes for next year. Absolutely. No changes to the Toyota series. Uh, you know, it's one of those, if it, it isn't broke, don't fix it. And, uh, so no, no changes to the Toyota series. Everything's rolling on for next year, just like it did this year. All right. We'll start it. Uh, what I want to do is let's. I want to start at uh, the high school level, and then we'll work our way up to uh, to the BPT on all sure. the changes. There's been a lot of press releases that have come out, a lot of schedules, a lot of uh, format changes. Uh, my personal opinion: some really good stuff, some stuff that'll make you scratch your head. Hopefully, we can understand all that by the end of this thing. Sure. Um, high school wise, we've seen a massive explosion over the last couple years in uh, high school bass fishing tournaments um you know obviously started with with flw but mlf still seems to put a high importance on the youth and up and coming anglers you talk about the the different high uh, college programs that they have some of the paybacks and national championship there obviously that uh trickles down to the high school too so any major changes in the uh high school format for uh 2023 Sure, sure. So no changes to the tournament format itself. I mean, those events are still going to be run the same. Uh, we're still partnered with the TBF. And so the TBF runs the high school state championships around the country uh, in each state. And uh, MLF runs our high school open events. Now, I'm going to kind of lump high school and college together because we hold those events in conjunction with each other. Uh, most of the times the college events are held on Fridays. The high school events are held on Saturdays, and, and that's done kind of strategically, uh, so that way the, the registration meeting for the high school anglers is at the same time at the as the college weigh-ins. That way okay. they can network with the college anglers. Some I of the like college, that. I did not know coaches. that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the reason why we did that. Uh, that way they can meet the college anglers. They can, The college anglers can recruit these high school anglers. The college coaches can. So, yep, that's all done strategically. Um, but yeah, this year we've tightened it up a little bit. We're, we're running eight high school qualifying events in addition to the eight college events around the country. Um, and that's down a little bit, but it was literally just, you know, right sizing kind of the circuits. Um, it, the marketplace couldn't really sustain the number of events that we had been running. You know, we were running three times the amount of, of high school and college events as anybody else out there. Mm -hmm. And it, it just wasn't really sustainable i mean we, we we tried to make it work uh but that's why the reason that the schedule got tightened up a little bit this year and uh basically just right sizing it and moving from that regional conference model to just kind of a national model with you know eight open events across the country and then to qualify for the national championship the anglers can pick which which of the open events that they'd like to fish is that kind of how that works yep yep so uh, and the high school side, uh, each field, 10% of the field advances to the high school fishing national championship. So if there's okay. 10 boats, the winner is moving on. If there's 20 boats, the top two move on. Same thing with college. It depends on the field size. The top 12% of the college teams move on to the college fishing national championship. 
All right. So currently, uh, what we have out for uh, college and high school, which I, I'm assuming, yeah, they're they're the the same schedules, just on what you based on what you uh, talked about, just days apart, is is Harris Chain Havasu, Lake of the Ozarks, um, uh, Cal Delta, Gunnersville, Rayburn, and Hartwell. And I got a couple messages, and I see Eric is on here as well for the instant feedback, saying, you know, oh, those are great fisheries, but dude, there's a uh, there's a large section of collegiate anglers, most no- notably or, or in the northern area, sure. no derbies up there for them. And that has historically been, I mean, we've seen, uh, I know uh, Austin Felix, big on the Elite Series now, he was used to University of Minnesota. We've seen a lot of northern anglers do really well. So uh, what say you, Joe, <laughs> Joe about well, why there's nothing up north? Sure. So like I said, with the switch to the, you know, kind of national model, it it just didn't work out scheduling wise. Now in 2024, uh, absolutely, there will be tournaments up north. It kind of just plays out just like all of our other circuits where, you know, we're going to have kind of a rotation of lakes and we'll see how that goes. Now, I know that's not, you know, what a lot of kind of, that doesn't help seniors this year, you, you, you know, that we're coming next year. And it's disappointing. We want to run tournaments for everybody. Uh, but like I said, the marketplace can't support tournaments for everyone. Uh, so with the tightened up model, it, the schedule came out this year. And yeah, we heard some of the feedback and we've been working behind the scenes. We haven't even officially announced anything yet, but uh, I, I'm happy to kind of share that we have been able to figure out an event that we will be able to hold a kind of a northern, even though there is, are no more conferences, a northern college fishing event just like we do kind of out west with the events piggybacking on the Toyota series. Uh, we're going to do that for our northern event. So we, again, nothing is, we haven't even officially announced this yet. This is all coming together yesterday, kind of. So if, yeah, if I would have been on earlier this week, I wouldn't be able to share this news. But the good news is uh, it looks like on June 25th, we're going to be holding a college event that we're going to add one to piggyback on the Toyota series event up at Lake Champlain. So, you know, a couple of reasons we chose Lake Champlain. It's, you know, great fishery, number one. It's a kind of a bucket list destination for a lot of even southern anglers. So we're hoping that, you know, in addition to these northern teams that that want an event up north, that some of these southern teams are going to come up and compete in this one, too, because they're they're open to teams from across the country. So I know it's not the ideal scenario or solution, um, but it's, it's all we're going to be able to do this year. And all I can say is that in 2024, uh, you know, we will hold some events, more events up north. I don't know when, where, how, but it, it's just kind of the nature of the beast with the scheduling. And, you know, it, it, some of the southeast guys may be upset next year because we're not coming to Florida or something like that. So who knows how it's going to go. But th- that's what's going on for this year. June 25th, we will hold a college event on Lake Champlain. There you go. That's the breaking news. Yeah. yeah. For the co- is there going to be the high school in coordination with that as well, too, or just college? Just college, because okay. that's going in conjunction with the Toyota Series event. We're okay. going to do the college on Sunday, which is kind of different. But, again, we were just trying to you know, get these guys some options because you know, we, we feel their pain and their frustration. We hear it. Uh, we don't have the uh, solution that they necessarily want to hear with you know three events up there and everything, yep. but – it's all we're going to be able to do at this time. So so hopefully we've got a stacked field up there at Lake Champlain. 
Yeah, that takes care of that whole northeast. And then if you're in that Midwest, that uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota area, listen, you want to get out of there anyway when it's winter. (laughs) I don't mean to talk bad about your neck of the woods, Joe, but Lake of the Ozarks isn't that far away for that March 18th event in Missouri. So, all right. Well, that's good. All right. Uh, That's some good news about the uh, about high school and about the college stuff. So, hey, Joe, I want to take a first break of the show. And then when we come back. Uh, I want to just briefly glance over the BFLs. We talked about how the Toyotas are in good shape, and then we'll get into, uh, I know, what has been a, a very hot topic over the last couple weeks. I mean, the rumor mill has been running rampant for the last, like, five months about this deal, uh, and that would be uh, what is now, well, I don't want to say what is now, because as you explained to it after, it is a new series, the MLF Invitationals, uh, kind of the end of an era, just as it was when it went from the FLW Tour, was purchased by MLF, and went to the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, uh, and now the MLF Invitational. So we will dive into that hot topic uh, when we come back to BTL. It is BTL. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. It's BTL on a yeah. Wednesday. We'll be back right after this. Your key to better fishing this season is Elite FS. Now available at a new lower price. Get Elite FS9 today for $9.99. And we'll throw in a CMAP reveal chart. Our premium mapping solution for free. Elite FS works with all state-of-the-art Lorenz sonar. From chirp, side scan, and down scan imaging with fish reveal to high-resolution active target live sonar. Elite FS9 and CMAP Reveal. Offer ends August 31st. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. When you're catching fish for a living, you can't let a little cold, rain, heat, humidity, or anything else get in the way of a payday. I wear AFCO. Any fish, any water. The KVD 100 Jerkbait. 15 different colors. A perfect combination of roll, wiggle, and flash. Increased castability. 3D eyes. Premium black nickel hooks. KVD. Tie one on. Striking lures. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? Well, the Bass Tank is here to help you. The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. 
Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Elite Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xonelures.com and check them out for yourself. All right, welcome back. BTL on a Wednesday talking with Joe Potter from MLF. What's your official title again? I always forget it, like head media relations. <laughs> Director of communications. Director of Communications. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've talked about the high school. We talked about the college. We talked about the Toyotas. BFLs staying pretty much the same. Yep, yep. No real changes to the BFLs. But- I did have a question on the BFLs. Do you know how that... Uh, how is a BFL schedule developed? Like, obviously, you have, like, tournament... Or you have a big umbrella there, right? But then it gets down to you have to have someone who knows that area scheduling those tournaments because, you know, you've got, you know, if you're in Alabama, it's like if you're in Oklahoma, you have major team tournament circuits to fish, to win boats in and other big trails that you have to, you have to make sure you're not on top of those and they have to make sure they're not on top of you. So while everything else is probably done at like a national level with tournament directors, do you know how, I mean, is it that the BFL tournament director for that region's responsibility to schedule those tournaments or how does that work are you do you know that yeah kind of i I don't i've never been in the room and i don't know exactly kind of how how the sausage is made i guess um but you know i kind of i do know that you know each tournament director there's six of them each each director has four divisions that they oversee and they're in charge of kind of determining the tentative schedule now i don't know who makes the final decisions uh, I'm assuming probably Daniel Fennell. He kind of oversees all the BFL tournament directors. But, yeah, so many kind of factors go into it, like you said. Uh, you know, uh, participation. It's got to be a good fishery. It's got to have good facilities. Uh, it's got to be the right time of year where we're not overlapping any local events and the ramp is open and everything like that. So a lot of factors go into it. I, like I said, I, I'm not really involved in, in the actual making of the sausage. Uh, but what totally we could get a tournament director on here we've got some great ones uh you have have them on and you could you know ask them all about it if, you, if you're interested yeah i might be interested in that i want to get one who's not afraid to talk about some of the dirt because i bet there are some <laughs> hellacious stories that have come out of the bfls as far as just sure. pickles that guys have got themselves in and protests and crazy stuff that has gone down i, I think alan gray would be a perfect uh guest for you he, he's been doing it for a long time you know, he was the old walleye tournament director for quite a few years, uh, and beloved by our anglers. And uh, I'm that sure he's got some great really, stories for you. Really familiar. 
He used to be, yeah, he, like he used to be a waymaster for for the walleye series. He would do some of the bass stuff. Uh, he's, yeah, like I said, he's been doing BFLs. He's also the Western Toyota Series and college director as of last year. So he's been around a long time. I I would love to get him on the show. He'd be a great interview. He's got a lot of energy and very enthusiastic. Great guy. Yeah, we can set that up. It'll probably be November. I'm on like a three week road trip after this. I got the open, and then I go up to media event up north and then i uh i'm actually going to uh and then i have another open and then i'm actually going to saint jude in uh memphis to tour their facility i did the uh uh, the saint jude bass classic there in minnesota last year Mm -hmm. um you know uh brandon or fat cat newton uh emceed the event and stuff and i was highly highly impressed with what went down and how much money they raised i think over three quarters of a million dollars just last year uh, by the anglers and when uh, they offer the opportunity hey do you want to come see the actual uh, facility you know where all the the flags oh, wow. are that are represented by the different doctors from the countries that they come from um yeah that was something that i was like yeah that's a no-brainer definitely need to do that definitely, so i'm not sure if i'm gonna yeah. be able to fish that event this year strictly because of the open schedule but uh to have an opportunity to go see that for a day in the life and the the difference they're making in the lives of kids yeah, like you said, they, I, I hear about that a lot, kind of just being up here in Minnesota. That, that's a popular event up here. And like you said, they raised like three quarters of a million dollars yeah, last year. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And you mentioned Fat Cat. Man, uh, I don't know if you've seen him lately, but he's now just Cat. Uh, he's Cat yeah. Newton. Yeah, he's he's doing some <laughs> he's doing some big stuff. Um, yeah, I know yeah. that he uh, he's looking for the right path for him, like in the industry. Um, sure. Is serious about it. Really good to see him doing well. Uh, while we're on the Agreed. topic Love of, uh, yeah, while we're on the topic of uh, maybe some nonprofit stuff, uh, and then we'll get back to the business at hand. I did want to mention this is the last week that you could sign up for the Bass for Beckers uh, raffle. We had Matt Looney come on earlier this month, but for the last three or four years, uh, I think he has a, a, a nephew with muscular dystrophy. I think, but uh, Bass for Beckers, it's a federally recognized nonprofit. You buy like a $25 raffle ticket. You have a chance to win a Skeeter at the end of the year. It's done it for four or five years. And then it all goes to, to muscular dystrophy. Uh, but each month awesome. he has like a giveaway prize too. So in addition to being entered at the end of the year, you're also entered for the prize that month. And he asked me this month, uh, for September, the month is a, a winter, uh, crappie trip with me on a secret lake in Oklahoma. Complete Dang, with like fish, baby. fish clean. Well, yeah, I would say that, but last month's trip was like a smallmouth trip with Brandon Pollinick. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, yeah, so that. I think it's twenty five bucks. It's just bassforbeckers dot com. Um, and includes like your travel and stuff there too, within reason, I think. But uh, crappie trip with me, and even if you win that, you're still registered for uh still registered for the giveaway at the end of the year, which is uh, Matt Looney's Fully Rigged Skeeter Yamaha Tournament Boat. I keep meaning to mention that at the beginning of the show, so then when I crossed my mind, I was like, I'm just going to say what's going on. Sounds like a pretty incredible prize, and for 25 bucks, what the heck, why not? Yeah. Have you ever crappie fished? uh, I'm sorry, say that again? Have you ever crappie fished? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What's a similar note, Joe? Uh, I was going to say on a similar note, uh, you know, you and I are both Bass Fishing Hall of Fame board members, and we've yes. got the, the 
the big banquet coming up next week. So I was just going to remind everybody the auction for the fundraiser opens on Monday next week. And there's some incredible stuff in there. So it's going to be open all week next week. Fishing trips with yeah, tons of guys. Yeah, Bill Dance, Skeet Reese, uh, Josh Bertrand. Like there's all sorts of trips. There's tons of cool autographed jerseys tons of gear so just was going to remind everybody check that out as well and make sure to uh place a bid on some sweet uh bass fishing memorabilia or experiences definitely need to get a show in the can uh for next week that has to do with that because unfortunately i will not be able to be there this year uh for that ceremony i got an open sure sure uh I'd probably save a lot of money going to the Bass Fishing Hall <laughs> instead, but hey, it is what it is. All right, let's get back to the tournaments. Yep. Like I said, we're kind of going through them, and this is this has been, Joe, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This has been the hot button series tournament topic of what's been going on for the last couple months, and that is, uh, I mean, I guess, is it done? It's done and over. The, the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit is a thing of the past now, right? That is correct. Yes, the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit has ceased to exist. Uh, I don't even know how to tackle this one. So it it went from the FLW Tour to the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, um, and then they came out with a bunch of changes uh, for 2023. Now, I think just as anglers and as human nature, you're going to want to compare and contrast what was and now what is. Sure. Um, you're, you know, when I kind of talked to you about this, you said you need to look at it in a different way. Like it is a completely new, just explain, how would you explain it? Because dude, I mean, let's be honest, the payback's less, the championship's gone, the carrot is not there. The top 30 only get 10 grand. It's still a $5,000 entry fee. There's fewer guys that are going to the uh, BPT than there were this past year. Like it's a, it's, it's, there's some guys that aren't happy, Joe. And I know you're not the guy who put this together. You're the guy who disseminates the information. Sure. But also under your job description would be answering the questions like what the heck's up with the invitationals this year. Sure. So a lot of those kind of items that you were just rattling off of the changes, like I, I can go through some of the reasoning why the decision was made as far as to some of those changes. Yeah. But overall, arguing, okay. yeah, like the, the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit you know, no longer exists. Uh, you know, the uh, kind of similar to the college, the, the marketplace can't sustain three professional level tours. And, and, you know, Major League Fishing tried to make it work and tried to do three top level tours, uh, but it, it just wasn't working. And, and, and so that being said, like you, we had to, and it, as it's staying to sit down and figure out something that worked, it was losing money. And so yeah. there was no way that it was sustainable model. It, we tried to make it work. So basically the decision was made pro circuits going away. So that decision was made, you know, a couple months ago. All right, this is done. So then it became, what can we do? What can we, with these anglers that fish the pro circuit, how can we, um, you know, provide an avenue or something for them to, you know, continue to fish and not have to necessarily go to the Toyota series. So a bunch of ideas were kicked around and it was, it settled on this, you know, this six event imitationals. It's not a, new circuit it's these basically are invitational qualifiers to advance to the bass pro tour 
these aren't for everybody. These are for anglers that want to become professional anglers and want to do this for a living. Um, and, and yeah, so that's what we did. Uh, you know, six events. It, it's still a, a great schedule. Uh, 150 boat field. It's still some very good payouts. Uh, you know, 80 grand to the winner, 115 grand if you're running a Phoenix boat. Um, it, yeah, so it is what it is. What are some of the other questions that you have about it? Uh I mean, were there when this sat down with the with the heads of, and brass and the anglers? Like, was there any angler input into this new invitational format as far as bringing them in, or were there? I mean, did you have options A, B, C, and D? And I, like I said, I know this isn't your expertise with what your job title is and what you've done really well over there for over the past decade. But I mean, I, I've heard that there were some like no tournament circuits on the table or drastically reduced stuff or just a shell of what it was that like, it wasn't like this, that like there were nuclear options on the table as well. Is that a fair statement that, that this is a kind of a best case scenario? Sure. Sure. I mean, like, like you said, the pro circuit was going away. And so it was, what can we come up with to kind of, replace that and to act as you know a gateway and the path to the bass pro tour for these guys that want to fish you know and, and compete as professionals um and, and this is kind of just the way to do that you know you you can still fish this and cash some very big checks uh it's not going to be sustainable if you don't catch them and and honestly as a qualifying series it shouldn't be you know that we've got other circuits for those anglers this invitational circuit a series is for anglers that want to compete as professionals on the Bass Pro Tour, and and that's the goal, and that's the, why we created these. So, is it still operated then as a? It, it was a weird. It's like a weird limbo deal, right? Because you, I put like the FLW Tour and the Bassmaster Elite Series oh. on the same level there for so many years. Obviously, that it completely went through a different transformation in 2019. Now, instead of being the the uh, kind of gold the top level standard there was the bpt above it where people were qualified but it's still in i think the realm of fishing was considered a top level professional uh circuit a lot of guys have made livings over there for the better part of two decades now is it more of a stair step you would put it on the the level of the i uh, compare it the Bassmaster opens per se uh, as sure. to you're now fishing the invitationals, not as a career move, but to get to the BPT, where then that's where the, the, the top level is? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, like the Bassmaster Opens is for the Elite Series. The invitationals now are for the Bass Pro Tour. And you know they're a, a little bit different format. You know, there's only six invitationals, whereas there's nine Opens. Uh, you know, the... the Entry fees are a little more on the invitationals, but the payouts are a little more on the invitationals. Mm -hmm. uh, the field is capped at 150. Um, yeah, the top eight, like you had mentioned that the number of qualifiers moving up into the Bass Pro Tour, that was basically to just kind of match the industry standard of, of 10%. So okay. 80 guys compete on the Bass Pro Tour. So we just wanted that, you know, 10% number of, of guys kind of coming up every year and the bottom 10% of guys would, you know, kind of go down uh typically so that was the reasoning behind that <clears throat> and then 
qualifying for you've got a bunch of guys who uh who have fished the Toyota series throughout the year um and you know qualified for the the invite I guess invite are they does their even though they were fishing to qualify for the tackle warehouse pro circuit does their qualification still stand for the 2023 MLF invitationals it does it does so yep all all I think of the 150 angler field 123 of the spots are reserved for invitations that have been promised to guys already and that's you know, 75 from the pro circuit last year. Uh, I think it's 30 from the Toyota series and so kind of, so on. Uh, 123 of those spots are the invitations are already spoken for. Now, whether guys accept those invitations, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes as registration opens up here in November. Um, but. Okay. So then uh, the next big thing would be the, the uh, championship or the title or the forest wood cup or whatever i guess that then if you're treating this as a, a a stepping stone to the and i don't even want to say a stepping stone but that it's not the top level just like the opens have toyed with a open championship on or off again um instead of having a championship this year you're having the win and you're in to Redcrest. So you're going straight to Redcrest if you win one of the Invitationals or the Angler of the Year, but in the process cutting the championship. Yep, that is correct. So these are, you know, like I said, one-off qualifying events. So although guys will fish all six and, you know, compete for that Angler of the Year and try to get that Redcrest spot, yeah, there is no championship. Uh, you know, guys can fish one, two, three, four, or as many as they want. Um, so no championship, but there are the seven red crest spots that are up for grabs, you know, for each tournament winner, uh, they'll be advancing. And then the overall angler of the year winner, like you said, will also receive that spot. So, but you don't have to fish them all to, to qualify for red crest. So you can jump in one, fish it and qualify for red crest, right? Correct. Okay. And that's even if you're a BPT guy or if you're, any of the if you're a qualified angler yep yep no matter who you are if you're in the tournament absolutely and you win you're going to Redcrest. and you don't have to even fish the rest of them correct that's a big change then yeah because typically it's saying hey you got to fish all this stuff which in this case would be a potentially a 25 to thirty thousand dollar commitment to then go get it like a guaranteed ten thousand sure. so that's interesting i think that'll help with the numbers then throughout the year There'll be a lot more in a lot more ins and outs. So, yep. Uh, all right, and then I think uh, invitational wise, that'll be very interesting to see to see uh, to see how that evolves um, and changes. I, uh, me personally, I think you're going to see a lot of evolution in that level or realm over the next five years it, to to figure out where that where that fits into the puzzle of the umbrella of MLF. You got a lot of talented anglers over there, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's fair. I mean, if you look back five years ago, where was the sport? Like yeah. Bass Pro Tour didn't exist. Uh, you know, the FLW Tour was still around and yeah. Yeah. So I, this is my coming up on my 12th season in the industry. And yeah, that's one thing I've kind of learned is, is, yeah, it changes a lot. So 
who knows what'll happen down five years down the road, what it'll look like. But yeah, for 2024 or 2023, excuse me, the new invitationals program is, is going to be pretty cool. You know, it's, it's a good opportunity for a lot of guys still going to be, you know, all three days of the event will be live streamed, still going to air on CBS sports network. And, you know, so it, it's a good media platform for guys that are trying to take that next step and become a professional on the Bass Pro Tour. You did mention a couple of things, three days, full field fish yep. is all, all first two days and then 50 anglers fish on the final third day. Correct. Yeah. Zero. The weight, the zeroing of the weights is gone. Like it's cumulative. Cumulative three day weight. That's correct. Thank goodness. <laughs> That's a personal thing. Goodness on my hand. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, all the day. So, so they cut, uh, six days out of it, but full field, full field. I like that. I like that. I think that is a, that is a, uh, improvement over the zeroing of the weights in the four day event. So, yeah. All right, let's move up to the BPT, the Bass Pro Tour. I'm seeing all over, and you know I'm a big fan of this, Joe. Uh, the team stuff, I'm seeing all over the interwebs and social medias, guys that are posting with the matching jerseys. Yeah. You got, they're, they're filming a team event this week, I guess, obviously. I mean, it's no secret with as much social media has been out of the guys talking about it. Yeah, you are correct. We are currently mid-filming of Team Series event number one. Is Are all of the BPT guys filming there, or is it like just a couple teams that are filming there, and then each of the filmings are taken at different places? You see what I'm saying? Like, or... Yep. So, so nine of the teams are there. So nine three-man teams. So 27 guys are, are there this week, and... Yeah, uh, we're about to spill the beans, uh, you know, later this week. So they're up here in Minnesota. I'm not going to tell you where they're at, but they're up here in Minnesota. Yeah, and they're filming. So uh, it's basically three two-day tournaments. So the, the first two days, three groups compete. The second two days, three new groups compete. And then the final two days, three new groups compete. So, And then the winner of each of those two-man tournaments move on to the championship event. So... Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how it goes. We've got 27 guys here in Minnesota, nine of the teams, and I think the first event, first kind of first team, two the first two day team series wrapped up yesterday. The second one starts today. Okay, and then when will those be available for consumption? Uh, starting in January on MOTV and the Outdoor Channel right right away uh, after the New Year. This episode will be airing. <clears throat> All right. And then I'm assuming then the other guys who aren't fishing will fish somewhere else for their series. Like, is there going to be an eventual, like, overall champion of this deal? Or is this just a kind of a series the first year to kind of get your feet wet and see how it goes? No, no, that's correct. We've, we've got three cup events or team series events around okay. the country and then our championship. So the first... First event is going on right now. We'll have the winner of this goes to the championship. Then the winner of the next one goes to the championship. The winner of the third one goes, and then you have three winning teams that are at the championship. No, so Dang, the top, I thought I figured it out. <laughs> three teams from each event move on to the championship. So we'll have nine. So, like I like I said, three teams are competing. Uh, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, three teams are competing Thursday, Friday, three teams are competing Saturday, Sunday. The Winner out of each of those 
three move on. So from okay, each I event, gotcha. three teams move on to the championship. So in that championship, there will be nine teams competing at the final event. And they will all have won their qualifying event to make it there. I gotcha. I've talked about this before on the show. Like I said, uh, you don't have to confirm or deny or whatever, but they're not even deny on anything, but it's very interesting. <laughs> this team concept is permeating a lot of seem individual sports. Like I was the bull riding uh, with the team guys in the PBR is kind of the same thing. You have all these guys that are drafted and ranked and now in the PBR, instead of one guy, they've got the team series in the bowling it's going to a major, there's a lot of team series in that. And then obviously the most uh, recent and I think parallel comparison would be live golf with sure. the, uh, with the teams, the stingers and whoever the teams, uh, I'm up in the air about the live golf thing, but the, the team aspect definitely adds a different element to it. And I'll be interested in all three of these because they're all kind of new. They're all within within years and they all kind of have their individual elements still too, right, to them to see if this team thing in any or all of these sports sticks and people go with it or takes off or whether they're like, nah, it's an individual sport. It always will be an individual sport. And it was kind of a fad that, you know, we all tried and went through and then it moves on. So I'm, I'm not just saying that in the fishing, but I think across the board, it's crazy on how many individual sports are grouping together to do team events that haven't been done in the past. So I like it. I think from an educational standpoint, you know, BTL is all about entertain, educate and engage the three E's. I think the team event, um, uh, covers all three of those simultaneously uh, and organically. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't caught the, you know, the original pilot episode yet, uh, you should first, you should go back and watch it. It's free at MOTV.com. But like you said, you can literally hear, you know, Chris Lane kind of giving Edwin tips on how to fish a frog and uh, you know, Hey, throw over there, look for this type of grass or, yeah, you can definitely learn a lot. And, you know, in addition to that, there's just more drama going on with, you know, you have personalities and big personalities that are in each other's ear all day long. And uh, we're going to see it all play out in, in real time, you know, coming up. So it's, it's exciting and it's going to be entertaining. I guarantee that. All right. A couple more questions and I'll let you go, Joe. Uh, okay. The BPT uh, came out with uh, their schedule. Uh, good yeah. schedule there. Uh, let me see. I'll just read it. Kissimmee, Redcrest on Lake Norman, uh, Cherokee and Douglas, Lake Murray, heavy hitters on Caney Creek and Bussy Break. Did I say that right? Yep. Gunnersville, Cayuga, St. Clair, and Saginaw Bay in Michigan. Um, one of the things that we've seen over the last couple of years are more and more fan engagements and activations at these events. Will that continue to increase in 2023 or will there be activations at all or just at select BPT events throughout the year? No, there definitely will be. Um, I, I think we've got four planned for next year. Um, and I don't know exactly what events those are going to be at, but yeah, it's something we've expanded on, you know, since COVID and everything's kind of opening back up. We've, you know, experimented this year with kind of different, different meet and greets and, you know, uh, different festivals going on and tr trying to find, you know, our niche. 
And, and I think we're making a lot of progress there. You know, we've had some great fan attendance at our events this year, and it's something we're going to continue to improve upon. Uh, but yeah, so to answer your question, yes, there will be fan activations. I don't know exactly when yet. Obviously, Redcrest will be a massive one uh, in Charlotte at Lake Norman. Um, but I, I don't know for the rest of the year, but there will be a couple going on for sure. <clears throat> All right, coming up, uh, keep your head up for the Toyota Series Championship. That's on Gunnersville, right? Yes, sir. Last major one of the year that will be uh, that'll be kind of live for the uh, MLF brand. Yep. And then it's... Nine, yeah, 19, 20, 21, 22. Then next year's the fifth year already. Five years. That's hard to believe. We're going I into know. the fifth year already. Yeah, it's gone so fast. <laughs> yeah. Both leagues, both organizations, but you guys do a great job of providing fodder and content for podcasts and shows <laughs> like BTL. <laughs> good, good. Like I said, Joe, uh, you are a invaluable asset to MLF, and I hope that those uh, above you and beside you realize how uh, how good of a job you do at disseminating a lot of the information that comes across your desk. Thank you very much. It's very nice of you. All right. You got anything else you want to add? No. No. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I'll come back anytime you want to talk. Sounds good. That is Joe Pogger from MLF. See you, Joe. Take it easy, man. Thank you. We're going to take our final break of the show, and when we come back, kind of digest some of the things that we heard Joe say and look forward to the remainder of the week. It is BTL on a Wednesday. We'll be back right after this. Vibrating jigs are a great choice for any time of year, and the Kamikaze Swim-On is a perfect match for any vibrating jig. Two sizes and the unique tail design gives it a bait fish profile and a great swimming action for realism. There are 17 colors. See them all at BigBiteBaits.com. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Combining one of the most popular hook styles with Gamakatsu's beefier Superline offering, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The round bend offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Band holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-aught, 3-0, 4-0, and 5-0, this is the most durable worm hook, designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. 
Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. All right, wrapping things up here on a Wednesday tomorrow, uh, day four, with the man, Frank Scalish. We'll talk about that, uh, kind of digesting what uh, Joe said there. Definitely a scaled-back version, particularly for uh, the former, the, the two are formerly known as the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, now the uh, Invitational. So I guess kind of based on what he said, it seems like you're almost looking at it now as a... Uh, uh, a five thousand dollar entry fee qualifying level for uh, the BPT. Um, it, it's interesting as you see that level kind of pair back. You see the expansion uh, over at Bass with what they're doing with all uh, nine events in the opens. Really encouraging people to uh, to to fish all nine in order to qualify for uh, the twenty twenty four Bassmaster Elite Series. Uh, they have not come out over on the bass side with a payout structure yet. Uh, and I know a lot of the hang-up for the anglers on the new Invitational was the fact that with a $5,000 entry fee, you're still only getting the top 30. You know, they paid half the field on 150 boats, 75, even though it was only like $5,000 down to 75. Um that's like a one in two payout. That's a 50% payout. And if you have the sponsors, even if you're getting the five grand back, they're like, well, you're just covering your entry fee. True. But if you have sponsors that are, that are, that are already covering your entry fee and you're already ahead, then that is, that is profit for you. So one of the major issues over on, on bass has been for years that they are basing the payout on 150 boat field, which they haven't had for like four or five, six years. They've had 200 to 230 boats in all these fields, but their payout has not, uh, graduated based on the number of entries like it does in a BFL or a Toyota series or your local Wednesday night jackpot or any basically any team tournament that you fish in. The payback is based on the number of boats in it. So it'll be a one in three, one in four, one in five. Well, Bass, and I don't know for the life of me why they've done this. If you, It's based on 150 boats. 40, top 40 get paid, right? So that's like, what, 1 in 3.5, 40, 80, 120, 160, basically like 1 in 4. That's fine. I can handle that. But what they do when you have 200-plus boats, 230 boats is, so let's add 80 boats to the field, they still just pay 40. So now it's a brutal payback, and all they do is they add money to those top 40 spots so it's more instead of work down to where in 230 boats if you're finishing in the top 30 uh top 30 percent of it or top 25 percent you're still getting a check now you got to finish in like the top 13 percent to even cash a check 
that has been the major stick up as far as the payback and, and things with bass. Now you're asking, you're asking all these anglers to fish nine of them. Great thing. I love the, the schedule that they came out with. It looks like there's going to be some off limits for it, but they haven't come out with the payback. So if it's still just the 40, if you're asking now 150, 200, who knows how many are going to sign up for all this nine to have to finish into the top 12% to get paid that logistically does not make sense. It doesn't make sense for a guy like me. It doesn't make sense for a guy like anybody who's trying to make this to make this work. So it's got to be the graduated pay scale. So it'll be interesting. And I think I think your your interest of anglers who will uh, look who have inv- uh, invites to the new MLF invitationals. A, I think they're going to look at are they are they suited for the catchway release format. These are five fish. You're going to weigh the fish in. It's it's that. But are they suited for the BPT? I know there's some anglers over there that are like, man, I would love to get to the catchway release format. I think it really suits my style. There are other anglers who say, I don't think it would suit my format. They're more likely to, to go over to the bass now. Uh, but I think it, a lot of what happens over the next three months depends on what bass releases as far as entry fees, off limits and payback for those that are fishing all nine. And I think that's going to be a lot of the deciding factor for a lot of the invitational guys and a lot of the open guys on the bass side as to whether they return and give it another year or as whether they go to the Toyotas. Because listen, this is a two-way street here. And this is something that hasn't been talked about too. There's a lot of people with bass that feel like they got left out in the cold because now they can't fish the three divisions to have a shot for the elite series. Uh, they still have a shot at the Bassmaster Classic, but they're saying, dude, now I've got to fish all nine for a chance to go to the Elite Series. I can go over to the Toyota Series that has a better payback, an absolutely insane payout in the championship. In many cases, three better lakes that are closer to where I live, and I can make the championship and win a quarter million dollars and six figures. And a lot of incentive programs over there, so it it works both ways. It'll be interesting to see. I think it all a lot of that depends on the on when the the open payback. If there's an Emma, uh, if there's a, a angler of the year overall payback on bass, uh, but this thing is is far from uh, from settled out from a business side. So anyway, big shout out to Joey comes on. He takes a tough questions on stuff that he has uh, absolutely no control over, uh, and does a great job. So. That's all I got for a Wednesday. Uh, Tomorrow, Frank, in the house. We're going to talk tips and tactics and techniques. Yeah, Gary, that's a good point. NPFL. Money's out there, folks. They jack up their entry fees. They have six events. They have a six-figure championship. They got over 100 guys that are doing that. Money's out there. We'll talk about the NPFL more, uh, more going forward. I think they're I think they're pretty stable for the next three or four years. But anyway, we got the drama this week. Let's get back to some meat and potatoes, how to catch bass, the education aspect of the entertain, educate, and engage. This has been BTL on a Wednesday. We'll talk to everyone tomorrow.